Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweetness at the mercy seat, now I've tasted, it's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. There's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock, yeah. Freedom, where the spirit is, bounty in the wilderness, you will always satisfy.
please join us after service for fellowship down in Social Hall. And then today at noon is our Veterans Peer Support Group. They're downstairs in room nine, led by Charmaine Pearson. Yeah. <laughs> in this group, veterans encourage and uplift each other in a loving and spiritually supportive environment. This meeting is open to all veterans and their supporters. Please invite veterans that you know. There is a sacred service training today at 1145 in the social hall for all greeters and ushers and anyone else interested in joining these teams. Our women's group meets next Sunday at noon downstairs in room nine. Actually, that's wrong. <laughs> there's, there's been a write-in. <laughs> the women's group is going to meet at the Coney Island for lunch, and then they're going to go to Park West Museum on Northwestern Highway between 12 and 13 Mile for uh, an event there. It's time to renew your membership on our website to update your church, our church records and submit an accurate membership account to the Unity Worldwide Ministries. To renew your membership or to become a member, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and click on the membership form. Here's another write-in. See Eileen Lindbergh to sign up for the game night next Saturday the 18th. And there, I think she's going to do like a, a little pizza or spaghetti and then the game night. And she just we just kind of want to... This is the first one we're doing, so we kind of want to know gauge how many people are interested. So that's why we're doing the sign-up sheet. You know, it's not written in stone, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, just to give us an idea. Did anybody get that? Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Our annual meeting and budget approval is on February nineteenth at eleven thirty in the social hall and on Zoom. You must fill out a membership form on our website by February 17th to vote, to be able to vote at the annual meeting. So to, to join the meeting through Zoom, just click on the link on our website. Reverend Kelly's next class, the Celestine Prophecy, is February 21st to March 28th on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.45 p.m. This class examines nine spiritual insights that unfold in consciousness to enhance our spiritual awareness. The book, The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield is required, which is available on amazon.com. To sign up for the class, please email Reverend Kelly at seniorminister at unityfh.com. Licensed Unity teachers, Sharon Lewis from Unity of Farmington Hills and Mary Wackrow from Unity of Royal Oak will be facilitating a five-week prayer chaplain training via Zoom on Saturdays, March 11th and 18th, April 15th and 29th, and May 7th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. There is a $45 fee for the manual and prayer handbook, and for more information or to sign up and pay for the class, please see Sharon Lewis or Reverend Kelly by next Sunday, February 12th. Lynette Kelly is our prayer chaplain for today, she will be available to pray with you after service in the sanctuary near the patio doors. To stay aware of all our weekly activities, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through our weekly newsletter emailed every Friday. And now, as the music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds for our spiritual community communion ceremony. Write it. Surely the presence of the 
today is the first Sunday of the month, and we this month represents strength. In some churches, it represents love, but Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, when they initially did the 12 powers, it represents strength. So we're going to do a spiritual communion today, <clears throat> and it's not going to, we're not going to do the, you know, how we usually do it. We're just going to do it in our consciousness. So I'm asking you all to gently close your eyes and just relax and become still as we partake in this ceremony of spiritual communion. Bring your, your consciousness down in the center of your chest, tuning into a feeling of love and stillness. Spiritual communion is an activity which takes place in the mind. It is a transaction in the mind in which conscious union is made between Christ's spirit within. No visible symbols are used. The ability to receive spiritual insight is a state of consciousness inherent in each of us. Through spiritual communion, we have the opportunity to fill our mind and heart with a stronger realization of the living spirit of truth and renew our commitment to the expression of, of the Christ potential. In spiritual communion, we appropriate spiritual substance and life through coming into consciousness with the union we share with spirit. It's a coming into union with spirit. So in this appropriation, it must be preceded by purification, which is the process of preparing ourselves to receive in the mind. Purification is followed by consecration which is a dedication of ourselves to the use of our newly recognized spiritual power. Today we're going to spiritualize the power of strength. And we begin this process through the process of preparing our mind through forgiveness. Jesus instructed us to prepare to pray by making peace with others. And this is necessary for the preparation of feeling the presence of God. Since spirit moves only in love, we need to feel this love before we can truly feel the activity in our souls. I want you to take a deep breath. And just let your mind come into the acceptance that there are those that we still need to forgive even if it's just on a subconscious level. And we begin by affirming that through the power of Jesus Christ, I now fully and freely forgive all those to whom I owe forgiveness. I release them now to receive their good. Now I'm going to say this affirmation again in sections, and I'd like you to affirm it with me. Let me begin. Through the power of Jesus Christ, together, through the power of Jesus Christ, I now fully and freely forgive. Together, I now fully and freely forgive all those to whom I owe forgiveness. I release them now to receive their good. Take a deep breath. Breathe that in. We're breathing in love for those moments of misinterpreted thoughts and beliefs that caused the feeling of unforgiveness inside of us. Let that settle in deeply. And now let us affirm forgiveness for ourselves. I'll say it in sections, and then you repeat after me. In the name of Jesus Christ, together. In the name of Jesus Christ, I now fully and freely forgive. And I know that I am fully and freely forgiven by those who owe me forgiveness. I release to receive my highest good. Let that sink in deep, deeply. Take a deep breath. And as you exhale, release it. Let it go. Let your heart be purified. And affirm after me, the forgiving love of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ fills, my mind and heart. fills my mind and heart. 
I am at peace. And now we're ready to go into the actual meat and potatoes of this spiritual communion where we partake of the spiritual substance of God and become spiritualized by the spiritual life of God. Luke 22:19 in the living the New Living Translation says, "He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, "This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." I want you to take another deep breath. And now we are going to partake of the inexhaustible, omnipresent substance of truth. I want you to affirm silently within your spirit. Through, through strength, I now partake of the spiritual substance of truth. This is the bread of life. I am inspired by divine ideas and prospered in all ways. Visualize your mind, heart, and body being inspired by the divine ideas of strength. Feel yourself being fortified and moved into a deep sense of endurance. And I want you to silently affirm, I have the ability to endure Stay the course and persevere. Breathe that in deeply. And I'll say it again over you. Just receive it. I have the ability to endure, stay the course, and persevere. I see it resonating deeply in your mind, in your heart, and in your body. Luke 22:20 20 in the New Living Translation states, After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. The blood represents the spiritual life in you. Almighty God, we know the wine God offered, Jesus offered his disciples as his blood symbolizes life and your very spirit. We know that as we drink, as we partake, as we appropriate this idea of life, we are quickened and made new. Now just imagine yourself receiving as if you're drinking, or however you still to imagine yourself being spiritualized by the life of God in your heart, in your mind, and in your body. Let it come to you freely as you receive this invisible quickening life of spirit, we affirm silently, through strength, I now drink of the wine of spirit. I am filled with the quickening life of spirit. I am made new in soul and body. I'm going to say that again. I am made new in soul and body. And as you visualize your mind, your heart, and your body being spiritualized by the life of spirit in the power of strength, silently affirm this, I have the strength to accomplish all that is mine to do. I'll say it again. I have the strength to accomplish all that is mine to do. Breathe that in deeply. Sit in, that, sit in that strength, sit in that knowing. 
as the spirit in you spiritualizes you, you are strengthened in the power of God. We have partaken of the sacrament. We have been made renewed. And so we are consecrated and we consecrate ourselves to be of greater service. After the disciples felt the power of the Holy Spirit, they continued daily on one accord in the temple. They dedicated their lives to the Lord's service. In prayer and in silence, we have appropriated ourselves in the substance and life of spirit. And God, I am grateful for the way that you have blessed us all. We feel your inspiration indwelling us right now, activating the Christ within us, activating our spiritual strength, lifting our thoughts and our feelings to a higher plane of understanding and strength. Now we go forth, consecrated, through our thoughts and activities to Christ's service. We consecrate ourselves to recognizing our purpose to bear witness to only the truth, to speak truth, to hear truth, to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. This is the only way we can do the healing work of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now we close by affirming liberty, justice, righteousness, and peace are now established in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ. Let me affirm it again, and we will affirm it together. Let me begin. Liberty, justice, righteousness, and peace. Together. Liberty, justice, righteousness, and peace are now established in the name and through the power of Jesus Christ, are now established in the name and the power of the Jesus Christ. And so it is. Amen. Okay, you can open your eyes. <clears throat> I was led to start doing that last month so that we can activate each one of the 12 powers and move into purifying ourselves on a higher level each time. Unity doesn't usually use the, do it the way others do it because we believe in the power of the spirit within and we believe the, in the power of the life and the substance of God within. So I felt led to do that. And so next month, on the first, Monday, on the first Sunday, we'll do it again. So let's go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation. If you look around the church, you see it's working. <laughs> Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. <clears throat> Well, I don't know about you, but that was powerful stuff. So I appreciate that. I knew this was going to be a special service, and it definitely was. Well, you know, like in the Daily Word, uh, with the power of forgiveness comes healing. And so this is a song that is all about healing. So if there is someone in your life, or maybe it's yourself, that needs healing right now, I think as a, as a community, we can now bring that energy to life. So let's do that together.
healing rain is coming down it's coming nearer to this old town rich and poor weak and strong it's bringing mercy it won't be long healing rain is coming down it's coming closer to the lost and found tears of joy and tears of shame are washed forever in spirit's flame the healing rain it comes with fire so let it fall and take us higher the healing rain I will be brave and be washed in heaven's rain. Jeheads, let us return to the mercy seat where time began. Your eyes, I see the pain. Come so this dry heart with healing rain, and only you.
That was amazing. Was that the first time you guys sang that one? It's been a while. Wow, I love it. Can we give them another hand? I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. I, I keep saying it and I'm still, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. We have the baddest uh, music team in unity. <laughs> That's what I believe. Woo. That was perfect to come after the spiritual communion, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that was perfect. Wow. Um, today is also um, the first Sunday in, you know, Black History Month as well. I wanted to acknowledge that too because, you know, there's a lot of movement that's happened in the United States and in the world for that matter because of uh, black and brown contributions. And so I wanted to acknowledge that as well. Because <clears throat> um, I was going to put on my kente cloth, but this matches my boots. So <laughs> I'm a little vain today. But I'll wear my kente cloth next week. <laughs> it is like rain. Yeah, it matches. Yeah, for, for today. Yeah, so um, you know what? I believe Jesus was a bad mama jamma. What about y'all? He was some sweet business. Wasn't Jesus some sweet business? And still is for that matter. He was a masterful teacher. He was a powerful preacher. He was an amazing storyteller. And the beautiful part about him being an amazing storyteller is that his parables, which were earthly stories that touched the hearts of people because they identified with what people were going through in the lives, the everyday lives of people, and also had a spiritual meaning in it. But one of the things that I keep coming, that keeps coming in my mind, is that Jesus' own example was the most powerful, living, moving, breathing parable ever to walk this earth. I'm just saying. And the beautiful part of it is, when Jesus says that these things that I do, ye shall do, and greater things you can do as well, he's letting us know that your very life is a parable as well. You have a, a, a living, moving, breathing story inside of you that has a spiritual meaning to it, that has a spiritual purpose on it, that only you can express. Only you can be the expression of it. Only you can serve that purpose. Amen? And so we have been going through the parables. We're just about done, but we've been going through the parables. We started off with the kingdom parables, which says the kingdom of heaven is like this. And, and then we went uh, through several of the other parables. And I've been going through Luke now. And so we, we talked about the lost parables, which was the lost sheep and then the lost coin and then the lost son. And the, par the lost son parable is also called the parable of the prodigal son. Well, now we're going to move into another parable called the parable of the shrewd manager. And that's the title of my talk today, is the parable of the shrewd manager. And this is from Luke, it's chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. And I love how the, he does this, because another thing that was powerful about the way Jesus taught and the way Jesus even shared his stories is that not only did they have a specific message to them, a spiritual message to them, he always found a way to bring in to the lives of people who were listening, and especially the Pharisees and Sadducees and the, and the teachers of religious law. Now, his, his stories were mostly geared to the disciples. And it wasn't just the disciples back in the day. It's those of us who are living and breathing and being and studying the teachings of Jesus and becoming that in our lives. And then going out and being that example in the lives of others as well. And so one of the things that I love about this is that when you go into it deeply, you see how he's addressing the Pharisees here too. So we're going to look at this parable in several different ways. We're going to look at it as the narrative, the story that it is. And then we're going to go into the lesson that it's teaching. Then we're going to go into how we can see ourselves in that story. And then we'll move into the mystical, how it's connected in our consciousness. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to break it up in pieces. I'll start with uh, Matthew, uh, Luke 16, verse 1. And I'll keep, I'll go, and then we'll, we'll go along the way. I'm just going to let God guide us. So since I'm doing that, let me just go on and pray. God, I feel you. And you know I don't move, I don't say, talk, I don't speak 
until I hear you. Even if it's in the moment that right before I get up to speak, I will not say a word until I hear you, feel you, and know that you're moving in me and your message is coming forth. So I affirm that it is coming forth right now because I feel your rush in me deeply. And I thank you for the lesson and I thank you for the blessing and I thank you for the demonstration to each and every one of us that we will go out and be as we study this parable of the shrewd manager. Thank you, God. Amen. Okay, so this is Luke chapter 16. And, it, and this is verses 1 through the, the parable goes from verses 1 through 8, and then 9 through, uh, I guess, 13 shares the, the, how you can apply it in your life. But I'm only going to go through 12 because that other piece will probably go over when we, when we do because that's connected to the Pharisees even deeper. So parable of the shrewd manager. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day a report came to the manager, uh, a report came that the manager was wasting the employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Now I want to stop right there because <clears throat> what happened with this still happens now. This was a rich person who wanted someone else to manage his affairs and manage his property. He's a landowner and he has sharecroppers. And so he, he has this manager who's managing his stuff and this manager is misappropriating and stealing from him and wasting his food, his uh, property. Now, the thing that's important to look at is how Jesus connects things sometimes because we just studied the prodigal son, right, which was the, the uh, lost son. Well, prodigal means to be reckless and wasteful, and now we got it again here. So this is sometimes also called the prodigal manager because he's come into a space where he's using and stealing his, his uh, employers or his masters, some, some translations say his lord's resources. And he's in a space where he says, now what? What am I going to do? And remember back in the prodigal son, when the, the younger son was in the slop with the pigs, and he was saying, what am I going to do? And then he came to himself and came to awareness, an awareness that he could go back to his father and he could ask his father to take me on as a servant because even the servants had enough food and let, then some left over. Now, there's a difference between that, the young son's approach to his problem and this shrewd manager's approach to his problem. They were in the same place, but the shrewd manager even says, he says, ah, verse 4, I know how to ensure that I'll, I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I am fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. Now, just imagine what this man might have thought. Because it took a lot to process oil back in the day. They didn't have machines like they have now to press the oil. It was a lot to do that. So can you imagine how this guy must feel that manager is cutting his amount that he owes in half, like splitting it. He's like, ooh, thank you so much. Man, you're some sweet business. And they don't know that the manager's been fired yet because the manager has to put his affairs in order. So he has to bring the account of the records to him. So they don't know this yet. So they think that he's doing it under the authority of the employer, and he's not. But at this point, this guy now feels indebted to him. Remember in some of the parables it says, give to those who will not feel that they owe you back because they don't have it to give you back, give it back to you. Now this, he's using the tradition back then that when you have it and you give to someone, they will feel obligated to give it back to you. 
So now can you imagine him cutting this in the half? And now the guy doesn't have to give the whole 800 gallons. He only has to, uh, to give 400 gallons. You can hear him saying, back in the day, they were like a community. You know what? You will always have a place to work. You will always have a place to live. If you ever need a place to live, feel free to come to you with me. And then the next person who comes in, and how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here the manager said, here the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. Again, he's doing this. Now, it's illegal what he's doing, but he's obligating those people who he's doing this with to reciprocate to them, him, when he gets fired. And he does this to every single other debtor to his employer in order to open up a place where it says that it, where he would have a place to live, but really, that's a play on words. It doesn't always just mean a place to live. It means a, a place of employment as well. So let's keep going. We're at verse 8. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than they are, than are the children of light. That's deep business, what that means. The children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of the light. Now, in the Jewish tradition, they believed in the present life and the life after. And they believed that everything you do now is getting you prepared for the life after, that you'll live forevermore in the prosperity of God or in the awareness of God. So if I do all of this now, then I will have my riches when I die. When it, here is talking about the children of the world, he's talking about children. Jesus is talking about those people who are of the world um, and in the world and dealing with world and distracted by worldly, uh, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the, and the lust of the eyes. Does that make sense? Do you know people who are caught up in their possessions, who are caught up in making the next buck, who are caught up in the promotion, who are caught up in keeping up with the Joneses, who are caught up in a, somebody else, in a relationship with somebody else, and that's all they think about is that, or who are even caught up in their dramas. Yes? yes. Those are people who would be considered the children of the world. They're distracted from the presence of God. They're distracted from the light of God. They're living in the darkness of God. Now, the thing is, those people are very intelligent when it comes to keeping the things that they want. They will do whatever it takes to keep it. They will use their mind to search for that next book, to go to that next promotion, to find the next job. They will do that, and they will use their intelligence, and that's what it means to be shrewd here in, the, in, this, in this story. It means to use your, strategy, your, intel, your intelligence in a way that's strategic to solve problems in your life. Does that make sense? But do we really do that when it comes to God? Like put our all in our gusto and being the expression of God and having that relationship with God and being a demonstration that promotes the kingdom of heaven in, this, in your life. Do you really do that? As much as you will go out and work and pay your bills and do that stuff. Jesus is saying that those who are doing those worldly things are using their shrewdness, their prudence, their intelligence, their strategy more powerfully than those who are in the children of light who are living according to God. And he's telling us that's one of the principles that we need to do, is we need to find a way to live more powerfully using our intelligence, using our way of being, using strategy to live in the present moment with God. Does that make sense? And there's opportunities after opportunities that pass us by because we don't have our eyes open to see it, to be a greater expression of the kingdom of heaven that you are. Now remember, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the presence of God everywhere. It's the spiritual realm that exists in you and in me and in the world. The transcendence of God is the presence of God everywhere outside of you. The eminence of God is the presence of God inside of you. The relationship you have, the understanding you have, and the way you use and experience that is the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? How deeply do you fight for that? To keep it, to live in it, to manifest it, to demonstrate it so powerfully that no one has to wonder if you have a relationship with God. Like for real. 
face going like this. <laughs> Jesus is saying we need to shift from putting all of our eggs and apples and pears or whatever in the basket of the worldly things and bring them into the word of God. Because when you do, that takes care of the worldly things as well. Does that make sense? So he goes on to say in verse 9. Now that's the narrative part is that this, this um, manager goes through this situation where he gets caught stealing from his employer and then he decides to use the culture of Judaism by stealing some more from his manager by cutting how much the, his debtors owed so that they could be indebted to him when he left the job. Does that make sense? And Jesus is going on to say, verse 9, here is the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then your possessions are... Gone. Then when your possessions are gone, they, they will welcome you to an eternal home. See that eternal home? That's what they're talking about. So that when you get to a place where you pass away, you'll be welcome in the kingdom of heaven. That's how they believed at that time, and he was meeting them where they were. But in, when, you talk, when you look at this where he says to use your worldly resources, the things that you work for, those, those jobs, the paycheck and all of that, and we, that refers to verse 12, uh, ch uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 33. And this is connected to something he said to, um, remember the young rich man that came to him and said, how should I get in the kingdom of heaven? He said, follow the uh, Ten Commandments. He said, well, I do that already. Then he says, go sell all your possessions and come follow me. Well, he also says that here in, in Luke verse 33. Sell your possessions and give them to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. Being the demonstration of using your resources to bless others. That's the first lesson in this parable. That our resources are not just meant to be for us alone. They're meant to be for us and then used to the glory of God as well as righteous giving. You ever heard of righteous giving before? Giving in a way that promotes the presence of God. And we do that here. We, last year, we did it big time. We did it with the food drive. You use your resources that you work hard for, even if you were retired. You worked hard for it before you got retired. Those resources were used to benefit others. We did it with the Equal Justice Initiative when we did a silent auction. The money that we raised, was brought, to, was brought in to help to shift the consciousness in the United States. We did it with Adopt-A Family. The money we took in, we even bought the gifts, we wrapped them ourselves and we took them. So finding different ways that you can use your resources to bless people. I heard this minister say something that was pretty cool. He was saying, and I wanna, I, I've done this with you guys, but I'm gonna challenge you to go even further. He was saying that you can do this one-on-one. -on -one. You can meet or see somebody who you know needs help and, and connect with them and become friends with them. Take them out to lunch or take them out to dinner or, or, or just get to know them better. And then be the source of God in their life. I see that in this church. I see that in this church. I see that when someone's sick, people come in and, and, and sit, take things to that person or call the person, pray with them. I see that. I even saw someone do something as beautiful as buying someone who's experiencing a healing opportunity in our church, this beautiful, cozy blanket, warm and cozy blanket that had these spiritual affirmations on it. <clears throat> that when the person who's having a healing opportunity, when she goes to wrap it around her, she's being wrapped in the affirmations of truth. How can you use your resources on one, as a one-on-one -on -one to bless others? So that's one thing of changing and being prudent and being strategic and using your intelligence in a loving way. So when the employer was commending the manager for doing that, he wasn't commending him for stealing from him. He was acknowledging that the guy used his intelligence in a pretty cunning way to take care of himself for the rest of his life. 
That's what he was, and we can do that in a way that blesses. Does that make sense? We go on. Let's, let me go back to chapter 16. Jesus goes on in, in verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with a greater responsibility. And if you are tr untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? Verse 12. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That's deep business when you look at that. Because not only is Jesus talking about using our money carefully, intentionally, and consciously to bless others, he's also talking about using your resources in an honest way and in a reliable, being reliable with your, a reliable steward and an honest steward. Does that make sense? So now let's move this into, so we've done that as far as applying it to our life. Let's move this into a spiritual consciousness. The rich man represents God. The manager represents us. In those moments that we squander the most powerful uh, source of wealth that we have in our life. Can you guess what that is? The most powerful source of wealth that we have in our life. Love. God. is God. Demonstrating God in you through love and oneness towards others. We don't do that. We don't seek ways the way we could. Jesus is saying, let's go deeper. Instead of squandering it on things where we're distracted in the world, where our mind wanders off into things where we're distracted, take and concentrate all of our attention on how it is that we can use the presence of God in every area of your life. In every area area of your life, your job, your finances, your relationships, going shopping, whatever area of your life. We tend to think we can do it ourselves. And when we do it ourselves, we become the shrewd manager who is doing it inappropriately. When we don't give of ourselves and tithe of ourselves and be expressions of God, we're stealing from God. Do you know why? Because our life is not our own. We weren't created to come here and just be the life for our human expression, just to live from the human ego. We were created so that God could experience this human world through the spiritual expression. That means to fully be the expression of the Christ and the God as we walk this earth. So that God can be the expression of the human image and likeness in the physical realm of this world. But if we don't take our minds and use them carefully, like the Pharisees judging, if we don't take and use our minds honestly, saying only truth about ourselves, just like we did in the spiritual communion, we committed to only speaking the truth only thinking the truth, only feeling what's true, and only living in the truth of God. Does that make sense? Yes. And then if we go in a space of not being able to be reliable, you know what's the most powerful connection that came to me? Is that God gave the weakest part of us the choice to decide on the strongest part of us. The ego in us has the free will. We're not forced to be expressions of God and, and tools of God and images of God's light and love and joy. We have a choice. I challenge us all in this month of strength to step more strongly in choosing every moment of the day to consciously use your spirit carefully, intentionally and consciously to be only love.
That's going to take a lot to do, isn't it? Because you could be gone, oh, kumbaya, somebody cut in front of you. What the, what the, what? That's going to take a lot of perseverance. So as stewards, as righteous stewards, and righteousness just means right-minded thinking, discipleship, living in discipleship with God. We are to be careful with our, as careful stewards of our wealth, our Christ, our spirit. We are to be honest with it. And you can speak honestly without being rude. And we are also to be reliable sources that God can use. So we move ourselves out of the way. We go inside with God. And we let a God guide us into being careful, honest, reliable, righteous stewards of God's wealth in us. You are the wealth of God. You are priceless. Do you know that? Like, really, do you know that? Not when there's a threat that your life is about to go. Or not when there's a threat that somebody else's life is, is, is leaving. But every moment of the day, do you know the wealth and the priceless value that you are? And if you do, are you willing to demonstrate that in the lives of other people? Like for real. I am the presence of God. Together, I am the presence of God. I commit to being careful, honest, reliable, stewards of God's wealth. That's the presence of God in me. So that means you got to tune into it. Like make a deep commitment to have a deeper relationship and covenant with the presence of God in you than you do even your spouse. You were married together in the presence of God. The presence of God is what brought you together. When you come to the place that your husband or wife sees the highest and greatest part of you, then you've tuned into that wealth. And you're being an amazing steward of that wealth. When the rest of the world experiences that, You'll be glowing so light, brightly that nothing can take you off that. Let's get to that place and let's persevere and endure in that space. That when someone sees you, they see the light of God. And when you see someone else, you see the light of God. No matter how they're demonstrating, you see the light of God. Amen? 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 Amen. 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 Thank you.
I love it, love it, love it. Didn't that connect too? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love God. Ah, I love it, I love it, I love it. I wasn't here when you sang Joanna for, um, for All Music Sunday, and I, but I heard uh, Katie sing, and I just got to hear you sing. It's amazing. You guys are sweet business. Woo. I'm just riled up. I'm telling you I'm riled up. Ah, man, what are we supposed to do next? Oh, the love offering blessing. Love offering blessing. Let's gently close our eyes and take a deep breath. Feel that prosperity consciousness calling you into abundance and love and infinite expression of God. And bring to mind what you feel led to give as a love offering for today's service. And take another deep, deep breath and breathe in deeply into the willingness of being conscious, reliable, honest, stewards of God's resources and wealth and possessions in your life. And the greatest one is you. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And let's stand up. And just remember that um, when you go online, you can go to unityfh.com. Do your love offerings there. If you want to give to the also give to the campaign, the capital campaign, go ahead and click on that box when you make your regular donation. You can do it there. If you can send in your checks. If you send in a check for the capital campaign, remember to put it on there, designate it on there. And if you put it in your envelope, your donation envelopes for the capital campaign is different from your love offering. Make sure you mark it there too so Eileen can keep track of what's going on. I'm excited about this. Ah, man, I, I, I just feel led to just do, bring to mind who you feel led to pray with today. We're not going to say pray for because that means that it's not there. We're praying with the person to affirm that it is so. And call their names out. Let's imagine ourselves in a virtual prayer service, a prayer circle rather. Call out the names of people who you know are seeking and expressing, expressing a healing opportunity. Ah, Roxanne, Michael, Riley Bailey, Dion, Ashley, Big Dion. God, you hear these names being called out. And as our hearts call out these names, we are right now putting it on the altar, the truth and the faith and the belief that you are perfecting all that concerns us, everyone that concerns us, every situation that concerns us, and every single thing that is going on in our lives that is out of alignment with you and every single thing that is going on in the lives of those who we are praying with that is out of alignment with you. We see them purified right now, just like we consecrated ourselves. We see them consecrated in your power, in your love, in your joy, and realigned to perfect divine health and wholeness. In the next... In the name and nature of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Woo. Let's do our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, 
inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.